Well, hello there. Time again for the Florida Roundtable. I'm your host, Melissa Fox. And this week, we're going to learn some real estate tips from the super rich. Also, as we start heading back to work, employers and employees are having a heck of a time. We'll discuss what's going on and hopefully find some solutions. It is summer. Well, maybe not officially, but it sure is bright out there. And that messes with your sleep habits. We're going to talk about how you can get around that. Also, we're going to visit St. Pete Clearwater. See what's going on on the coast. Finally, it's Father's Day weekend. Got a tribute for the fathers out there. Stay tuned. All this is coming up next on the Florida Roundtable on the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. Camaraderie got Miguel through Iraq and Afghanistan. Back home, it saved his life. The support of his fellow veterans gave Miguel the connection and resources he needed to adjust to civilian life. Now, he's paying that forward at the Florida Veterans Support Line. Call 1-844-MY-FL-VET. Confidential 24-7. If you or someone you love needs help, call me. I've been there. Mosquitoes are a nuisance. They can transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus. Protect yourself with Summit Mosquito Dunks. Placed in ponds, bird baths, or any standing water, Summit Mosquito Dunks are harmless to people, pets, and wildlife, but kill mosquito larvae before they're old enough to bite and last for 30 days or more. Find Summit Mosquito Dunks at garden centers, hardware stores, and online retailers. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. That's SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. The forecast calls for warm gulf breezes blowing through your hair and soft sugary white sand below your feet. Along with mostly sunny skies on outdoor patios while dining al fresco. Cool, colorful street murals mixed with world-renowned art museums. And around sunset, there's a chance of fiery orange skies over emerald green waters. So immerse your senses in St. Pete Clearwater and start planning your beach escape at visitstpeteclearwater.com. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. It's the Florida Roundtable, and we've got people finally getting back to work, and new employees are coming on board, and woo, it's great times. No, actually, there are new issues that are popping up, as they should. Employees are returning to work, and we don't know what to do with them. No, I'm just kidding, actually. Jay Thornton's here. He is a labor and employment partner at the global law firm of Reed & Smith. So tell me what is going on with the return-to-work force. Hi, good morning, Melissa. Well, it's it's um, it's creating challenges. You know, the return to the office really is one of the the biggest issues uh, that's creating challenges, both for employees and for employers, uh, you know, employees, uh, many of them who were able to and became accustomed to working remotely uh, don't necessarily relish the thought of, of, you know, returning to the grind of a daily commute, uh, especially with, with fuel costs. And 
of course, employers recognize that there are some important aspects of having employees in the office as well. And a lot of uh, employers, a lot of our clients have adopted kind of a hybrid model, right, where to the extent your job will allow it, you can work remotely a certain number of days a week, and then certain days are targeted for office days to you know, facilitate team building and training and, and things like that. But it does create issues. Um, because some employees can't work remotely at all and haven't been able to really due to the nature of their job. So employers and HR departments are wrestling with that and how they how they treat everybody equitably that is uh, you know situated the same. So there's a lot of claims in the state of Florida right now, hours and wage issues. Why is it <clears throat> such a hotbed here? Well, Florida's always been kind of ground zero uh, for labor and employment litigation. There's a lot of factors that go into that. I would say on the wage and hour front, uh, we have a lot of retail-type jobs you know, with hourly wages. Uh, you combine that with a, a pretty prolific and assertive plaintiff's employment bar, uh, and, the, and we, we just have a lot of those kinds of claims. I suspect with uh, you know, the economy tightening that you might see more of that as employees look more closely at their time cards and uh, to make sure they're fully paid. And Likewise, you're going to see a lot of employers uh, you know, checking the, their time records and their policies and procedures and making sure that they're paying their employees properly because uh, you know, litigation over wage and hour claims is costly and can be pretty protracted. But your point about Florida being a hotbed is true. It, I, I read a statistic that uh, up to 30 percent of all Fair Labor Standards Act, meaning overtime wage claims in the country, are filed in the three federal district courts in Florida. Oh, so. Of course they are. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we <laughs> definitely like to litigate around in this state, the litigate state. Uh, <laughs> we do. Yeah, I know we do. So we're talking to Jay Thornton, and he's a labor and employment partner, works at the uh, global law firm Reed Smith. And returning to work is really creating a lot of new liability issues for employers. Now, we have some people here in the uh, at the big radio complex, and uh, and they don't ever want to come back and work here. They work from home all day, all night, whenever they you know, and they're happy with that. And now our business is uh, the building's still not actually officially open. COVID protocols still in place with good reason, mm-hmm. I think. So, mm-hmm. you know, what do you do when your when your employee says, uh, "Hey, I, I I'm not coming back. I'm going to work right here like I have been for the last two years." How's that? Well, yeah, I mean, under under many circumstances, um, you know, employers can can typically require that employees come back to work. A lot of employers in a tight job market are doing what they can to to accommodate uh, that, but it's it's creating a real challenge. It, it it creates also a challenge in that not every job category is conducive to remote work, and it's not necessarily a a class issue, you know, a neurosurgeon has to show up at the hospital to do surgery, right? But an administrative employee at the hospital can work remotely. So it really just depends on the nature of the of the job. Uh, and at some point, you know, we're going to have to decide what's the right balance. I think that uh, em- employers will find it and employees that aren't happy, you know, may move on.
All right. You know what? We got to take a quick break here. Would you mind hanging on for another segment? Because a lot of people are trying to get back to work and they are fixing these issues. We've got a lot of business owners that listen to the Florida Roundtable, and I hope that they are listening right now. Quick break. We'll be back with Jay Thornton, and we will be talking more about the labor and employment issue that's out there right now, especially in the state of Florida. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-398-0651-800-398-0651-800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. Kids are amazing. And at Florida Kid Care, we think their health care should be amazing too. That's why millions of Florida's kids from birth through the end of age 18 get their health and dental insurance for free or at a low cost. And your child can too. Apply today at floridakidcare.org or 1-888-540-KIDS. That's 1-888-540-5437. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, Emmy Award-winning actor, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping side saddle down a countryside road on a horse named Archie Bello, who seems to have only one speed, high. And pulling on his reins only seems to encourage him to go even faster. So, of course, my body hurts and my joints ache, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Oh, Archie Bello! Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. As soon as this scene wraps, I'm going to kiss the ground, thank Archie Bello for his outstanding performance, feed him a carrot, and visit brainhealth.gov. Find out how you can make the most of your brain as you age at brainhealth.gov. It's the Florida Roundtable, Melissa Fox, and right now we're talking with Jay Thornton. Um, new issues with employers, are they're having to face this problem uh, when employees return to work. And Jay is explaining to us, he's a labor and employment partner at the global law firm of Reed & Smith. And this return to work thing is really causing problems, liability problems, liability like litigation problems. Uh, Jay, uh, welcome back to the Florida Roundtable. Appreciate you hanging on. So sure, some of these you. discrimination issues, how, like what? What, yeah. what? what are these employees saying? What's happening? Well, it's so, it, you know, you, you can imagine the scenario where, you know, one employee down the hall works uh, for uh, a boss who ha- has no problem with that employee working remotely three or four days a week. The other employee that has the same job on the other side of the floor uh, that employee's boss wants them there, you know, four days a week. And so that can create HR headaches because, you know, a, a, a bedrock principle as an employer is that all similarly situated employees have to be treated equal, right? Mm. And while some classes, as we were discussing, of employees can't work remotely, with those that can, you have to treat them all the same. So it's really, I think, paramount that HR departments uh, and com- employers in general create 
policies that are designed to create everyone that's similarly situated the same. You just have to have a policy and you have to stick to it. Otherwise, you do open yourself up to claims of disparate treatment or if somebody complains about it. You know, it could be, become a predicate uh, for some sort of a discrimination claim if, for example, one employee comes to the conclusion that the reason that the, her coworker is being treated more favorably is because of some protected characteristic right like race or religion. And, um, and then you get stuck in the quicksand of litigation over that issue, and um, nobody wants that. So it's something that employers are wrestling with on the front end to try to get uh, control of it. An employer is not obligated, absent perhaps some disability where a reasonable accommodation is agreed to that somebody can work remotely. The employers aren't obligated to allow it. So it's it's something that they're facilitating because it's, there's a tight labor market, and I think COVID taught everybody that uh, you know working remotely was possible, but the technology is there and it's been there for some time and everybody's accustomed to it now and doesn't want to go back to the grind. From the employee perspective, are there anything, new rights or maybe even protections that we should be aware of? Um, you know, if we, a hostile yeah. work environment, maybe they made somebody come back in and not follow COVID protocols. I mean, it's anything is possible, correct? It is, and there is there is a new statute that goes into effect uh, July one that was recently signed by Governor DeSantis uh, that's that's very controversial uh, that relates to um, the definition of of discrimination under the Florida Human Rights Code, where mandatory uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion training is concerned. It's very controversial, and no matter what side of it of the issue people are on politically, employers are going to have to take a look at their, their policies. And in, in, in a nutshell, it's, it's a complicated statute, but in a nutshell, after July 1, under this new law, uh, employers can be liable for discrimination if, they're, if they are mandating certain kinds, not all kinds, but certain kinds of diversity, equity, and inclusion training that includes concepts that um, one person, by virtue of his or her race or other characteristic, is inherently oppressive. You know, so, in, in a, you know, probably the simplest way to say it is that if it's a, if, if there are politics infused in the DEI training, you, and you're an employer and you're mandating that, you might want to look carefully at your policies, because the way the statute is drafted, someone who doesn't want to do that training can potentially bring a claim for discrimination if the training fits within the statute. So. Uh, more fireworks to come as, as that <laughs> unfolds. Uh, it's already subject to, I think, some some legal challenges have been filed. We'll see how that plays out. Wow. Uh, but this is where we are in 2022. Yeah. So. Welcome to it, huh? Jay Thornton, where can we go get more information about the, uh, well, you know, for the employers and for the employees as they return to work? Well, you can always get information at the DOL, the Department of Labor website, uh, you know, the Florida Department of Economic Opportunity has great information on their website, and you can always come to www.reedsmith.com and, and, and find our attorneys in Florida. Fantastic. Jay Thornton from Reed Smith, thank you so much for joining us today on the Florida Roundtable. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's the Florida Roundtable, and last month we visited St. Petersburg and Clearwater, and there was so much going on over there, and decided it's time to check back with them. Steve Hayes is on the line right now, the CEO and president of Visit St. Pete Clearwater, and just kind of wondering how everything is going, Pete. Uh, Steve, we, we last time we were there, 
We talked about all this wonderful stuff that had just happened with the travel and tourism industry. And um, how did all that go, the beach cleanups and everything? Well, thanks. And it went great. In fact, uh, we were really uh, very, very pleased with, uh, with the results and the effort that we did with Keep Pinellas Beautiful as well as with Trash Colin. We had six beach cleanups over the course of, of that month. Um, and during that time, it doesn't seem like a lot, but 407 pounds of trash were collected. And, you know, and to put that into perspective, in one weekend, uh, Keep Pinellas Beautiful could get up to 1,000 pounds of trash just on one beach. So we were only touching the surface, but it was great the fact that we had a lot of participation from not only residents, but visitors that were helping uh, the different uh, beach cleanups that we were doing. The other thing that we got, and I think this is the most pleasing part, was that people were saying, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Um, and again, it, it was a way of recognizing that our, our environment and our beaches are important to us, and we need to do the things necessary uh, to keep them clean and to keep them ready uh, for future visitors. Almost oh, definitely. Now, I always thought that Visit St. Pete Clearwater was kind of an organization that focused on promoting people to come there. But obviously, you guys do an awful lot more, especially when it comes to supporting the community, the beach cleanup in general. Is there anything else that Visit St. Pete Clearwater does for their residents? Well, that's a great question. And yes, I mean, typically we're out there telling the world about all the great things that we have uh, here in Pinellas County. Um, but it's, you know, the visitor that comes here to this community that ends up spending money here uh, in our small businesses and is supportive of them. And I really look at that tourism goes through and supports the community in three different ways, both in jobs, quality of place, as also in, in uh, tax generation. And, and what I mean by that is the taxes that the visitors pay in the local communities that help support different uh, things, whether it um, is the tax when they stay in paid lodging or whether it's you know related to the gasoline tax or even their portion of the local option sales tax penny for Pinellas, they're helping to contribute to our community. Tell me a little bit about the cleanup and what happened on uh, Honeymoon Island. Did you guys use a lot of the tax dollars well, to fix that up? Well, and, and actually it goes back to beach renourishment. And, you know, I think, you know, when, when you're home to America's best beaches, which were, you know, consistently in, you know, ranked tops in the United States and even in the world um, for that, you got to make sure that the beaches are renourished because Mother Nature does have a way of moving the sand. And so you've you got to go through in about every six, seven years is, you know, uh, renourish them. Well, that is actually paid in part by our visitors that are coming here to the community. It's a combination of funds from the tourist development tax, as well as funds that we get through the federal government, the Army Corps of Engineers, or the Florida Department uh, of uh, uh, Environmental Protection. So really, those things all help re-nourish those beaches um, that, are, uh, that, that we have in our community. And again, that's something that our residents get to go and use any and every day. We're talking with Steve Hayes. He's the uh, the big guy, if you will, the CEO and president of Visit St. Pete Clearwater. And you guys help actually tourism in general, but 
visit uh, St. Pete Clearwater. Don't you help kind of create some jobs and, and, and help out the residents in different ways like that, too? Well, it is. And the, the hospitality industry has always been very important to Pinellas County, uh, being one of the largest employers. And with the pandemic, you know, we saw the jobs drop from over 100,000 down to about 65,000. Um, and, you know, we've seen a rebound and, you know, we're, we're back up in 2021, so a little over 91,000 jobs, um, but we're still not at the levels of, of, of pre-pandemic. Um, you know, the other element to this, too, is, you know, with those jobs, and that's just not directly, you know, in a hotel or a restaurant, but other tourism-related businesses. And I think the, the caveat I want to put there is there's a lot of businesses that are small businesses. You know, they're not, they're not uh, employing hundreds of people. They may have 10 people. They may have 15 people. It's the smaller employers, but it's a lot of those small businesses that are going through and keeping uh, people employed. So as our tourism is strong, then those small businesses stay strong. And really it's, you know, again, something that's vital to uh, the economy here in Pinellas County. Oh, definitely. So Steve Hayes, I kind of said you're the big guy and we're calling you the president and CEO, but what is it you actually do for Visit St. Pete Clearwater? Hmm? Well, you know, and actually, you know, um, Hopefully, I'm, I'm doing a good job in managing the team. Um, but, you know, the, the organization as a whole, we're out telling the world about all the great stories that we have here, you know, the experiences that you can um, do when you, when you visit. And so, you know, that's our, you know, that is our, our main role. You know, but again, we're also as an organization looking strategically, you know, where do we need to be in the future to ensure that we still have this strong economic return back to the community and that we're helping create this quality of place so that our residents can enjoy many of the things that are ultimately are paid for in part by the visitor. And I think that's, you know, a, you know, a key priority for us. Definitely. Visit St. Pete Clearwater. Where do we find information, more information about how the, the whole organization and about perhaps being a tourist over in Pinellas County? Well, going to our website's a great start. Uh, going to uh, visit stpeakclearwater.com, and there you'll get to learn about things that you can do. You'll find a lot of different com, uh, content that's there. Um, you'll go through, learn about you know uh, stories in our communities. It's really a, a robust site, and again, to learn more about those things that you can do, even if you're a resident, there may be things that are unique on there. And the great part is we're always updating it and putting new content there. From that site, you can also connect all of our social channels. So going to our YouTube page, you're going to find a ton of videos talking about great things going in on our community on an everyday basis. It sounds fantastic. If you haven't visited St. Pete Clearwater, you need to get over there. Obviously, it is hopping, and the projects, the cleanups, all the wonderful stuff that you've done, it just keep it happening, my friends. We're going to come over there and visit you soon. Steve Hayes, CEO and president of Visit St. Pete Clearwater, thank you for enlightening us on the Florida Roundtable. You're listening to the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network.
Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. As a Marine, Jamie's team always had his back. As a civilian, when things got dark, they still did. Jamie was losing hope when he found the Florida Veterans Support Line. Connecting with his fellow veterans helped him get back on track. Now, he gets to pay that support forward as a Veteran Care Coordinator. Call 1-844-MY-FL-VET. Confidential, 24-7. Asking for help is hard. Call me. I've been there. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Growing up with a brother with autism, Sarah Crump witnessed firsthand how kids with disabilities felt left out by their peers. It's why at the age of 15, Sarah approached her cheerleading coach with an idea to include girls with disabilities on her school's cheer team. Well, what started out as an inclusive high school cheer team in a small town in Iowa has led to what is now known as Sparkle Effect, a thriving nonprofit with over 180 cheer teams across the United States, bringing students with and without disabilities together through cheerleading. The result? More confidence, higher grades, and better school attendance for kids with disabilities. And for those without a disability, new friends and a greater empathy. You want to learn more? Well, visit disabilitycampaign.org, where we have posted a link to the fabulous work known as The Sparkle Effect. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late, we stay informed, we invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Imagine. Imagine being denied an apartment because of your religion, or your race, or because you have children, or a disability. It's so wrong. Yes, but who has the power to stop this? You do. Each of us has the power. The law is on your side. It's illegal for landlords to discriminate because of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, or familial status. If you suspect that you have experienced housing discrimination, File a complaint with HUD immediately so we can investigate it. Fair housing is your right. Use it. To learn more, visit HUD.gov slash fair housing. That's HUD.gov slash fair housing. Or call 1-800-669-9777. 1-800-669-9777. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. 
Sure. Sure is right, and I will tell you why. The real estate industry, you know, there's a lot going on, and if you pay attention with the Fox Home Game, you know that I host a couple of real estate shows, and among other things, I do a lot. But the real estate industry here in Florida is kind of crazy. And matter of fact, I think we have about a 24-day inventory, at least in Central Florida. With that in mind, let's talk to Jonathan Curry. Hello, Jonathan. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I am good. You are a partner with uh, the global law firm Reed Smith. You want to uh, tell us a little bit about this uh, large family office that you work at? What is, what's that mean, the largest family offices? Right. So I'm a partner in the law firm. I'm in the financial uh, industry group. Um, but a lot of my practice is either representing family offices and real estate transactions and other things or being on the other side of those deals. So representing uh, banks and other financial institutions, putting out money to those family offices, other types of investors as well. A lot of institutional investors, companies, corporations doing different things. But you know, family offices are a very particular sort of niche. Sounds like it. So you uh, you handle the real estate investments, and you have maybe noticed out there that there's a lot of uh, companies that are buying up what little inventory we have left here and doing crazy stuff like that. Is Is that how they are growing their wealth? Well, I mean, there's no doubt that a lot of what's been driving the uh, real estate market lately are companies that are getting into the game, buying even single-family homes and putting them out there for rent or doing rent-to-own programs, things like that. So driving up prices, I don't know how long that's going to continue, but it's certainly part of the uh, part of the equation. Family offices tend to be a little bit more conservative about that. I mean, they won't always go for the latest and greatest. Um, normally, you're talking about family wealth, right? I mean, what are family offices? These are privately held companies that help ultra-high net worth individuals and, and um, uh, families invest uh, oftentimes generational wealth. Um, it could also be first generation, obviously, but um, they're really looking for long-term growth which is probably always a good idea in real estate as opposed to making a quick buck. Can you buy something? Can you flip it? Sure, people do that every day. But can you also get stuck holding the bag? Yeah, of course. Uh, so family offices and conservative real estate investors take a longer-term uh, longer approach. So, But they do use real estate, obviously, to grow their wealth. And why would they use real estate in specific? Is that just a, a pretty good foundation to start with or – I mean, how's that work? Yeah, you know, I looked up some uh, statistics before our call. So uh, family offices invest maybe 20, 25 percent of their portfolios typically in real estate. And that's grown substantially over the last couple of years. Um, and the larger the office, the more they invest in real estate, I found. So, hmm. you know, that should tell you that the smartest money or maybe the, maybe it doesn't always go hand in hand, but the biggest, uh, the biggest wealth is investing in, in real estate. And uh, why? Well, because I think that it's inflation-proof over the long term. Um, it's a safe place to park your money for many, many years. Um, you know, listen, most 
people out there, most people listening to this, their biggest investment is their home, and usually it's a very good investment. That's why you're always able or very often able to take out home equity loans because that, that capital grows, your equity grows in your home. Well, the same is true for every type of real estate, every asset class. We're talking to Jonathan Curry. He's a partner with the global law firm Reed Smith, works with the nation's largest family offices, which is what we have uh, discussed here, what we've explained for you, so you know what family offices mean. You're handling their real estate investments, and these new strategies now that I'm noticing, some of the super rich are out there, it's some unique op- opportunities that they're taking advantage of, and perhaps the layperson like myself and some of the listeners might be able to find something in there that the super rich are doing and put that to their investments. So what are they doing? What kind of uh, what kind of real estate are they mainly interested in these family offices? Sure, right. So um, they're investing. <clears throat> Traditionally, they're looking for limited partnership type investments, right? So where somebody else has found the property, somebody else is going to manage the property, um, but you're going to put your dollars into it and you're going to... Uh, participate in the revenue from that property and the profits, and then you're also going to participate in the long-term increase in value. Um, And why are they doing that? They do it that way because even large family offices who may have investment professionals, they may have legal professionals, they certainly have tax professionals on staff, they generally will not have a real estate professional because real estate is very local. So if they're buying something in Florida, they want Florida expertise. If they're buying something in California or New York, they want the local expertise. Um, and so those sorts of investments are available to anybody who has the dollars to invest in them. Of course, the problem is there's often very large uh, minimum investment requirements. Um, but the internet has changed that. And so if you are interested, there are crowdsourced type real estate investments out there. There's companies like, um, uh, let me see, what are they? CrowdStreet is one of them, uh, Fundrise, Cadre. You can put in as little as five, ten, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000 to these companies and participate in the types of real estate investments that uh, folks with much, much deeper pockets are investing in. Um, you do give up some control. You have to be careful about where you're investing. You have to understand what it is, like any investment, um, but it does make it available. Is there any particular market here in the state of Florida that is trending with the family offices? Yeah, I would have to say that um, the uh, listen everywhere is hot, of course, right? Mm-hmm. And there are opportunities, I think, everywhere. But if you're looking at, for example, multifamily, which is always a great asset class, and that's true whether you're buying a 350-unit garden-style apartment complex somewhere or you're buying uh, a duplex as your first real estate investment. And very often the best place to find those and the, and the spots where family offices and other sophisticated investors look are up-and-coming markets. Right. So suburbs of places like Tampa, um, outside Jacksonville, um, maybe near college towns like Gainesville. Um, and you're also looking for what we call value add opportunities. So these are properties where you can update 
the carpet, the kitchen, uh, the bathroom, or maybe add amenities and increase the rent after you acquire the property. Oh, I see that. What kind of pitfalls? Now, we've mentioned it scattered throughout this conversation that, you know, there's a risk, obviously, in purchasing real estate, whether you're a family office or a huge, you know, multi-million dollar business. Um, there's obviously sometimes that you step in it. So what do we uh, need to be aware of as an investor? Yeah, there's a lot of steps. And obviously, depending on who you use and how you invest, you can turn to professionals for some or, or really all of these, right? I mean, the initial phase is probably finding the opportunity and evaluating, really crunching the numbers, right? If it looks too good to be true, it probably is. I see that all the time, and, and I see it from folks that you would think are, are the most sophisticated folks in the world. And they send me something, and I say, if this was all true, they wouldn't be coming to you for money, right? <laughs> I mean, banks would be coming after them, or, or real big investors would be coming after them. They don't need your small investment. So really get into it. Find out what the long-term, uh, uh, you know, the long-term value of the investment is. Um, and then you also have to think about the tax consequences. A lot of people will get into an investment thinking that it's going to go great. It does go great. And then they're shocked when they realize that there's some huge tax consequence when they get out of it, oh. either on the income that they're getting paid, right, or when they sell. They're like, what do you mean I have to, you know, send 30% of this to the government? And they might have been able to structure it differently up front. Maybe it should be in a trust. Maybe you should be using um, investment, um, you know, retirement uh, account funds to purchase real estate or invest in a REIT or something like that. Um, so the, those are sorts of uh, those are some of the things. Uh, who are you investing with? Right. You know, who are you getting into bed with? Right. That's always a question. It is. We're talking with Jonathan Curry about new real estate investment strategies of the super rich that can basically help any investor. Uh, John, how can we get more information about you and uh, Reed Smith? Sure. Well, you can easily find me online. My last name is spelled with a K, K U R R Y. And my email is easy, jcurry at reedsmith.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your information with us and for teaching us about family offices and giving us an outlook and perspective on the real estate industry, at least here in Florida and if you're thinking about investing. Jonathan Curry, again, thanks for joining us today on the Florida Roundtable. been a pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. There's a problem if you drink and drive a boat. It never just affects you. Boating under the influence is illegal and dangerous. Save lives by staying sober. Learn more about Florida's boating laws at myfwc.com. Brought to you by the FWC Division of Law Enforcement. Two degrees every minute. That's how fast a car heats up in the Florida sun. And cracking a window open does very little to keep the vehicle cool. A child's body temperature can rise three to five times faster than adults. Never leave a child or a pet unattended in a vehicle, even for a short period of time. If you see a child or pet locked in a car, take immediate action and call 911. 
Every time you leave your vehicle, check for kids and pets. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. This Father's Day, find the perfect gift for the dad who loves the perfect yard. From steel mowers and blowers to trimmers and edgers, our AK homeowner system of battery-powered tools start at just $199.99. Whether dad wants a hard-working tool for a project or a yard he can show off, find the gift he'll love to use. Visit our Father's Day gift guide at steelusa.com slash gift guide. All prices MSRP includes tool, battery, and charger. Available at participating dealers. Just three words tell you everything you need to know. They tell you why we employ more than 2,000 workers at our factory in Virginia Beach and why over 10,000 local steel dealers are putting battery power in the hands of Americans. Just three words. Made in America. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. The majority of steel products sold in America are made in America of U.S. and foreign materials. Batteries and chargers are sourced internationally. I don't know about you. I get up early in the morning, and I go to bed early at night. And the problem is, it seems like the sun's out the whole time, even when I'm trying to hit the hay early, you know. And the longer days of summer, they can't just mess up my schedule. They have to screw up everyone's schedule. So with regards to the long sun, let's find a way to enjoy it. Get the full of the fun and sun and the get-togethers. And with that in mind, I've got my pal, John Lopos. Hey, John, how are you today? I'm great. It's good to be with you again, Melissa. Well, you are the CEO of the National Sleep Foundation, so it's, it's time for you to step up and share some tips on how I can get the best sleep I can possibly get during the summer months it's not just about me, of course. It's about enjoying the oh, sun. You, yeah. <laughs> you, you and everybody else, you and the rest of us, and I, and I appreciate your lead. And, you know, summer activity doesn't have to get in the way of having healthy sleep routine. Um, you know, at National Sleep Foundation, we are all about our promise to the public is to help anyone and everyone be their best left self. And there are some, some simple things that we can do day and night that are going to have a big payoff in our sleep health. And I, I just want to share those with, with your listeners, starting with the day. Now, okay. you mentioned light. There's, there's actually a, a real benefit to light. We need light. It's very important to our, it's an important cue to us and our body clock. So in the morning, getting bright light. Not enough of us are getting bright light in the morning. Better to get it outside if we can, but there are a lot of solutions, even indoors for a cloudy day. Um, there are lights and lamps that are available that simulate daylight, so bright light. Second is exercise. Even 20, 30 minutes of, of vigorous exercise a day, we, we know that not enough of us are getting it, but that's important too. This is all tied to our body clocks, exercise. And then consistent meals. That means eating at consistent times day after day. Those are three things that we can do uh, during the daytime. Now, the other side of the coin is what we do at night. And that is to avoid heavy meals and nicotine and caffeine and alcohol too close to bedtime, probably a couple hours before we want to sleep. And then each of us really should have a, re a relaxing wind-down routine. It differs for everybody. Uh, it could be a cooling shower or a bath or reading a book or having some tea, listening to some music. But we want to get that in place so that we can get ready for bed, get the seven to nine hours that we recommend for most adults, same, same uh, bedtime, same wake time every day. Even and then in the, the final, oh, even oh. in the, well, we're, we're not, <laughs> we're not going to need any 
fewer than seven to nine hours even in the summer. Let me say it differently. We still need seven to nine hours even uh, in the summer. Okay. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. What's the uh, last that, tip you got? That's, that's the goal. And the last tip is, is just about that sleep-friendly environment. You know, that's a cool, dark, and quiet place where we sleep. And the important thing is you might remember from the last time we spoke, about an hour before you want to go to sleep, you got to put the screens away. Yeah, power down. Screens and sleep off mix. Yeah. Got to power down. Mm-hmm. Well, even the slightest of light, though, can really mess up your, your sleep. And the, uh, the, the elements, the devices that we have, those lights are piercing. Even if it's the teeniest little blue light, but it will mess things up, at least for me. I don't know about other people, but I'm sure you can well, tell me, John. Well, I mean, I think light is part of it. It's absolutely part of it. You know, you don't want to kind of reset the clock. But, you know, even maybe more than the light, which is a problem, um, is the just activation. What we're doing, you know, mm. our, our, our brains are racing. You know, we're, we're scrolling and consuming content or we're streaming in front of the TV. And, you know, some people can conk out in front of the television. But, you know, the light from the TV and what we're watching, uh, you know, you can – the great thing about streaming – Melissa, is you can stream anytime. You don't have to do it right before you go to bed. That's true. That's definitely true. So we're talking with the CEO of the National Sleep Foundation, John Lopos. And, uh, you know, sleep is a weird thing. We really do need it. Our body renews and refreshes while we're in sleep. And if you can shut your brain off, wow, you can really get some rest. But summertime, it's hot. It's hard to get comfortable. It's expensive to turn the air so that it's really cool and it's only going to get worse. Um, but what are some of these general health problems or consequences that would happen from lack of sleep? Well, you, you started to mention it. it you know, we, we know that if we're not getting enough of the quality sleep that we need, it, it can have negative health consequences. Mm-hmm. And if we're not getting that sleep, you know, we start to see things like heart disease, hypertension, you know, high blood pressure diabetes, obesity, mental health issues. It even affects our immune response. So the, the data are there, and it's important to our health that we get the sleep that we need. So what do we do? Hmm? How do we avoid the sleep slump? Because I've found it, and I found a way to avoid it, but I'm a big fan of pillows and sleeping uh, buddies like my furry friends. They are really good at helping me get some rest. Are there any other uh, tips that you might have, like how we can, you know, I know you said get the room, set it a certain way, maybe the bath, what have you. But what happens when we wake up from a night of supposed restful sleep and yet we still feel tired in the morning? What happened? Well, there are a couple of things. So, you know, you just mentioned a couple things that you do to help you sleep better, uh, better at night. And, you know, it is kind of individualized. Um, but if, if people are following our recommendations or general tips about getting good sleep and they're still not feeling right, like if people are doing what they need to do during the day, doing what they need to do during the night, and they're waking up and they're still not feeling right, they're still not getting the sleep that they want, you know, that could also be a point in time when they want to uh, consult with a professional, medical professional. Oh, I see, because there might be something else going on. Gotcha. Wow. Well, you open up my eyes, even though I'm trying to sleep through this interview. I, I don't know if you noticed that, John. My sleep is, I mean, the summer, it's here, it's hot. We're Florida, you know. And in Florida, it really is hard. 
Um, the sun the sun is setting now at 8.30. It's rising at about 6.30. So it, it really is. And if you don't have the what right precautions and you're not getting that schedule set and down pat, and you say eating has to do with it as well. All It all works uh, towards the same goal, and that's being a healthy, uh, what was the term you used? Best slept self. Best slept self. Yeah. That's right. National Fleet Foundation's promise to the public is to help anyone and everyone be their best left self. And so I think a place where people can start is in our tips and tools on our website. Sure. Where's that? Which is vnsf.org. There's only one National Sleep Foundation, and our website is vnsf.org, where people can get more content about their sleep, see what we're doing as an organization to help people understand more about their sleep, and then, again, get these tips around how to be your best self. Small things you can do every day and every night. John, how do you feel about napping? Napping, that's a great question. You know, there are going to be some folks who need naps depending on their work schedules. And you know, ordinarily, you know, our recommendation would be to, you know, if you can, save that sleep time for a consistent period of time at night. But mm-hmm. if people need to need to nap yeah. so that they're feeling better, you know, that's that's okay. That works for them. You know, keep it short. And then don't nap too close to the scheduled bedtime. Okay. Yeah. For me, if it's less than two hours, it's a waste. And if it's more than two hours, I've gone to bed. <laughs> you know, that's, not a nap right. anymore. That's definitely a yeah, it's definitely. definitely. Hey, John, it's always fun talking to you. John Lopos, he's uh well, he's got nearly 30 years of diverse experience across multiple healthcare platforms and nonprofit organizations, and it's always great to get information from you and the National Sleep Foundation. Uh, I want to be my best slept south and uh, self self, and I think everybody else does too. Thenf.org for more information. That's correct. That is correct. Thank you, Melissa. You know, People you, can get information about Best Slept Self at our website. You got it. And uh, now I am going to go take a nap. So thanks, John. John Lopo is visiting us today from the National Sleep Foundation, your best slept self. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Melissa. Fatherhood can be a tough job. Let me tell you how I make it through the demands of being a dad. Two words, constant prayer. James, the half-brother of Jesus, was nicknamed Old Camel Knees because he spent so much time on his needs in prayer. Sounds strange, right? But have you ever seen the knees of a camel? They're callous and rough because the camels constantly bend down to allow their riders to climb on. What do your knees look like? Jesus tells us that the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. Now, the Bible is clear that on our own, none of us are righteous. But through faith in Jesus, we are made righteous. And one way that faith expresses itself is through prayer. So when you get a moment, get down on your knees and humbly pray. Lord, I need your help. And be specific, especially with your family. I promise he'll reveal to you his strength and his will. This is Bryant Wright, praying you have a happy Father's Day, right from my heart. To subscribe to devotions, visit rightfromtheheart.org. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify.
Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. Life happens. Getting married, moving, new baby, loss of health insurance. If you've had a life-changing event, you may qualify for a special enrollment period in the health insurance marketplace. Visit healthcare.gov and see if you qualify. Need help? A navigator from Covering Florida can help you through the process and find the best plan for you and your family. Visit CoveringFlorida.org or call 877-813-9115 to make an appointment. Assistance is always free and confidential. Shortness of breath, patients confused, temp 102. He just had an infection. What's going on? It's becoming septic. Antibiotics started. Bed ready, let's move him. Infections could lead to a deadly chain reaction in your body called sepsis. Very quickly, sepsis can cause tissue damage, organ failure, and even death. If you know the risks, can spot the symptoms, and act fast, then you can get ahead of sepsis. Learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. My muscles ached. I was tired all the time. My son had a full-blown asthma attack. It came out of nowhere. The unsettling thing about some symptoms is... I had a fever and these terrible headaches. You don't always know what's causing them. It was Lyme disease from a tick bite. I had Zika virus from a mosquito. He had a reaction to cockroach allergens. Threats to your health can come from unexpected places. Get the facts. Visit pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. This weekend, it's Father's Day. Life's adventures, some lessons sorely learned, have ups and downs, both lows and highs. With every goal for which I've yearned, you've shared my joys and soothed my cries. You've lived as my shining example to follow. You've often been my source of solutions to heed. You've given advice as a tough pill to swallow, but always are present in times of great need. There's no greater gift than the pride of a father, no greater love than they have for their child. You count on your father when others won't bother. And moments together are so oft beguiled. One day is not enough to share the adulation that I bear for you. Happy Father's Day to all of you. And thanks for listening to the Florida Roundtable. I am Melissa Fox. You've been listening to the Florida Roundtable, a news and public affairs presentation of the Florida News Network. The views and opinions expressed during this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of this station's management, ownership, or sponsors. For questions or comments, write to Florida Roundtable at fnnonline.net.